0: john Wynn, with my co-host bill Ate. and this is take it from here bill
1: Humor podcast
0: yeah Cheer.
1: Cheer. welcome back John.
0: <laughs> welcome back to you bill um so uh why don't you do us the honors of telling us what the show is going to be about this week bill
1: All right, in this episode of the Doomer Bloomer podcast, uh, we're going to discuss psychedelics revisited, uh, Tim Ferriss in the Milken Institute, MDMA research and investment that he's been doing for the last five years, Uh, urban dictionary definition of what is woke and wokeness in movies and media, Uh, when do you think we will land on Mars, Uh, 2030 and beyond, Uh, California homelessness, May potentially cause bubonic plague due to rat infestations. Uh, AOC in the squad, and will Donald Trump get reelected in 2020? Uh, my experiment of getting rid of social media for 30 days—no Facebook, Instagram, or Snapchat. Uh, tragic death and loss, uh, overdose, drugs, and alcohol, etc. Um, some personal things have happened. I'm um, to me no. People that I know um, and how that can affect communities. Uh, Plastic straws versus paper. uh, Cost versus environmental or people's wokeness crusades. Uh, And morning routines. Like what is the best time to wake up? Should you eat breakfast, drink water, meditate, that sort of thing?
0: Exactly. And if I remember correctly, you are not a big fan of the breakfast as Uh, of I.
1: No, I don't I don't have a big hunger in the morning. I usually don't eat my first meal till after ten o'clock and usually I push it till one PM.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Same here. And I and I and I remember like so many people would tell me, Oh man, the uh the first meal of the day, breakfast, is the most important meal of the day. And I my biology never felt that that was the case I always felt kind of even when i was younger when food had less of an impact on me um i i never felt that great after a big breakfast and now science there's a lot of science backing up actually that it's not that great you stop uh, hgc production humor uh, human growth hormones this is where it's at its peak. And as soon as you eat, you kind of kill uh, your body's uh, production of it. And that's what heals your body. That's what, like, uh, you know, gives it strength, etc. But anyways, we're not here to teach a um, biology class or anything like that.
1: <laughs> or introduction to ketosis.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, besides, like, not eating breakfast, which I'm not a fan of uh, either, uh, let's just go through you- your routine, and uh, I can go briefly uh, into mine.
1: Uh, I wake up usually five o'clock in the morning, five 30 at the latest on work days. Um, and I use Sam Harris's meditation app, waking up with Sam Harris.
0: Awesome.
1: Uh, I use the, the 10 minute meditation every morning. Uh, I do yoga sometimes as well, stretch out my body. Uh, I like to drink water first thing in the morning, just to get the digestive system kind of working and, get rid of some toxins while I'm sleeping. Mm -hmm. Uh,
0: uh, I'd like to ask you a question on that. Uh, I've heard that drinking like a a good amount of water when you first wake up has like some other benefits besides like just like cleaning out toxins. Have you heard of uh, any other reasons? It's kind of vague in my. uh,
1: Well, you need to basically replenish your stores of, of water in your body. Yeah. Almost constantly, and the more water you have, the more efficiently your body works, unless you reach a state of hypo hypotension. So, it's yeah. too much water. Okay. But I would say, uh, like half a liter to a liter first, the first half an hour of waking up, yeah, uh, has been beneficial for me.
0: Excellent, Just, like ouch. especially when it comes to your mood or your uh, or your productive your your energy when it comes to being productive
1: uh just yeah it just helps me wake up get into a get into a cycle um i have a 25 minute commute now uh which is a lot longer than what i used to have um so you know i then by by the time i get out the door i usually have my my to go cup i drink black coffee cuz i'm a psycho mm. yes um
0: that and waking up <laughs> at 5 in the morning every day
1: Uh, and and, uh yeah then i'm out the door and i usually depending how i'm feeling i either listen to the radio nothing at all or i put an audiobook in my car
0: gotcha yeah i've started um listening to audiobooks uh, more and more in the car i like it it's uh it's it's another it's a different way uh and of uh ingesting information uh, even compared to listening to an audiobook at home, while you're driving, you have like a different type of um, consciousness, I guess, or alertness and and it can be a very like good it's almost meditative. like sometimes I drive actually uh, kind of as a meditation routine um, just to clear my mind because like you're it, it, driving uh, especially when it's just like just to drive. And there's no destination. It, I think it's like one of the best, um, your, your brain is alert, but it, it can be passive at the same time, which is, which I, it, is a good space to, to kind of like sort out stuff that sort of uh, sort out, uh, issues or problems you might have in your life at that time. Well,
1: and I use those 25 minutes to sometimes to just to mentally prepare for my day too, right? Yeah. Yeah, I can yeah. go through a mental checklist of the things that I want to do in the day or the things that may give me adversity in the day. Yeah. You know, and uh, it's just preparing myself mentally to face the day. Right. Uh,
0: Definitely. Um, that's kind of what I do. I, the most important thing um, my days start, uh, especially when it's winter, I I, I work remotely from home. Um, I have a, you know, business, I don't want to go into the industry or whatever, but I have a business, uh, home-based business. Plus I do, uh, trading, uh, stock trading, and there's a lot of adversity in, on both sides uh, that, uh, you know, uh, unforeseen bullshit that can happen on both sides of, uh, these two things that I do in the morning. So for me, uh, recharging my positive energy in the morning is super important. And I, I'm actually probably going to, uh, get that, uh, get the app, the Sam Harris app. Like I said, uh, like I said earlier, I really enjoyed, uh, the one guided meditation, um, that I've been listening to on YouTube. I haven't listened to it in a while, but, uh, I really appreciated it. And I I've actually kind of slacked off on, uh, some, uh, on certain rituals, especially in the morning, uh, probably just because I've been getting up a lot early. I usually get up at around seven. Before I used to, I, I used to wake up a little bit later, but it's like that extra that extra hour, like at between eight and 8.30, that extra hour kind of put me in a better headspace than uh, waking up at seven. It's like I'm more sensitive to negativity when I wait. It's only one hour difference. It, it doesn't even matter if I had like a lot more sleep um, if I went to bed, say at three in the morning or two in the morning and woke up at eight and I woke and I would go to bed at midnight and woke up at seven, for some reason I'm, I feel I'm more susceptible to a negative bullshit in my day. Um, so I think I'm going to try the, uh, Sam Harris meditation, but usually if I don't do that, I try to be as, uh, um, give myself at least a 15-20 minutes of just relaxing and kind of doing what you do where uh, you kind of prepare what you need to do during your day and uh, a lot of days there's like some you know some more difficult stuff you need to deal with but you kind of prepare your your brain that okay this is a part of my job and I'll I'll, I'll stay positive regardless and all that and that Getting getting that positive boost early on in the morning is very important. And I think one of the reasons why I might have lost that a bit is because of trading. Actually, uh, when I wake up at seven, the markets the markets will only start. Um, they start at seven thirty my my time because I'm Mountain Time. And when I get too invested in the markets and I don't give my time to breathe, I'm just like looking at the market as soon as I wake up and my brain is already trying to make like what decisions I should make and just anticipating all the fluctuations of the, uh, or even checking the fluctuations of the market. And it's like giving your, it's giving your body a dose of, of stress right away as you wake up and, um, yeah, I think I'm I should at least spend 15-20 minutes like I used to do. Uh not so long ago. I'm um, just silence and preparing myself for the day instead of just like looking at charts and calculating a million things.
1: I can 10 out of 10 recommend.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think I'm going to get get the app after. Thanks, Bill. You are welcome, John. Yeah. So uh, regardless of our little stresses and um, crap we have to deal with on a daily life, it's nothing compared to uh, some of the some people that are on the streets right now, especially in places like California, but even Vancouver, right?
1: That's a more local spin on it. Yep. East Hastings.
0: Yeah. East Hastings or even in Surrey, where I used to live. Um, I I don't know if you ever saw the strip in Surrey, but it's basically like uh you know a condensed version of East Hastings on like uh on like one street, but it's one of the most ghetto things I've seen all my life in Canada, and I I've seen some pretty ghetto stuff in my life in ghetto areas, even living on uh, you know especially on the East Coast and stuff, but yeah, I mean like I've never seen tent cities like i've done like i've seen out in bc just like crazy dirty tent cities
1: (laughs) we don't have the cold weather out here like they do back east (laughs) exactly the cold weather either they either find indoor shelter or they die of exposure unfortunately
0: yeah exactly (laughs) exactly but it's all it's also i think just more it's definitely the main reason in my opinion but it's also that first of all it's way more expensive out there uh than uh, down east
1: oh absolutely on the on the west coast you're talking if like if you include vancouver and you're talking what was the other two cities? San Francisco was the other San one? San Francisco
0: and Los Angeles. It's all the same problem. It's all about... Uh, like San Francisco and Vancouver are the two most uh, overvalued real estate markets uh, in North America. They're like twin cities, actually. Oh, yeah. Well, they are twin cities. And they... Uh, like, yeah. So in the U.S., the most overvalued real estate market is uh, San Francisco. And here in Canada, it's Vancouver. I mean... I think in Vancouver or in BC, a welfare check is something like maybe seven or eight hundred dollars. You can't, I mean, you can't even get you can't get anything under that. And if you like, like it was actually in the news, like a a um, a den, no windows or anything, just enough to fit like a single uh, a single twin bed uh, and like a small twin bed. And a little desk, and that's it. Was like like a thousand dollars.
1: Well, you could basically rent a closet.
0: Yeah, it was basically a closet for a thousand dollars. I mean, it's completely ridiculous. I mean, if a if a welfare check is is seven eight hundred dollars, how can you expect? And plus over there, you got to put first months and it's like you got a first and last month's uh, down payment security deposit so there's no way even if like someone was lucky to find um f- like um 500 hundred dollar flat like a room somewhere
1: well most which doesn't are, exist no it doesn't
0: <laughs> yeah i mean that's still a thousand dollars you got to put you you got a put a down payment on so it's really hard so it's, it's next to impossible once you're in that downward spiral and, and and they're both like they're both areas with the the highest iv drug use like fentanyl and heroin and meth and all that stuff i've never seen i've seen a lot of drug related shit down east in ottawa quebec city montreal toronto but i've never seen the extent of how it is in, uh, on the West coast.
1: Well, it's a, it's a, well, they're calling it a crisis, right?
0: Oh yeah. It's definitely a crisis. It's not even an exaggeration. You
1: know, it's a health, it's a health crisis. Um, and this is kind of a nice segue into what I wanted to talk about is, uh, in my community, it's a very small town, a uh, thousand people. When somebody dies in a small town like that, from one of these substances, um, it creates quite the ripple effect. Even if you don't didn't really know the person directly, you probably knew their family member or 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 their parent or one of their brothers or sisters, and uh, you know their their absence leaves leaves quite an impact, and it's something that doesn't get talked about that often. Um. And uh, yeah, I just I just kind of wanted to make mention of that, um, just because it was a recent incident, uh, not too long ago with a with a girl from that I went to high school with, mm-hmm. um, and she just got into a bad crowd, and uh, and she's very smart. She's university educated. Uh, she had a full ride scholarship, and she oh, had wow. good good parents, um, people who cared, loved about like cared about her, loved her. And she had a place to go if she needed to, Um, and she just, like you said, got into a downward downward spiral. uh, Was, you know, and then got got laced with some bad substance, and uh, yeah, she she went into a coma coma and then died just about two weeks ago.
0: Yeah, unlike unlike the typical version of what we imagine of someone that would uh, end up like that. It's not like some problem teenager that had bad parents or, you know, very bad relationship or whatever, not educated, dumb in class and all that, that ended up uh, dying, uh, you know, 10 years later, we're talking about a model, model person, you know, model student, I mean, to be sponsored, uh, to be to get a full univer- university uh, scholarship. I mean, she had to be a really good student.
1: Yeah, she wasn't a dumb girl, and uh, yeah, she uh, she even had a like a beach body fitness coaching business on the side, sort of thing. The last time yeah. I heard from her, so you know, she had a lot of good things going for her, and she had a lot of friends and people that cared about her, but maybe deep down at her core, there was something that she wasn't happy about in herself or, or a family situation or even potentially a relation. It's hard to say, right? Like people, people make choices, right? Um,
0: well, I can tell you this. I've never, I've never delved into, um, I've tried multiple things in my life, but I've never, uh, went into opiates just because, from the literature I read, it's something that you can get addicted to way too easily. I mean, um, and I've seen that even through drugs or substances that are considered benign, be it weed or whatever, how I can, or alcohol or whatnot, (laughs) not saying alcohol is benign or, or anything like that, but compared to heroin or other substances like that, um, I mean, I could, it it was hard for me to stop. I had had, had, it took a lot of willpower for me to stop uh, using when it got out of control. So I can only imagine how it would be with uh, opiates. And um, I remember waking up from an operation at one point, I had uh, some eye surgery and they gave me a shot of morphine. And when I got that shot of morphine, I understood right then and there how people can get so addicted to this. Like it, it it is like you're you're in pain and then you're almost thankful that you had that pain because you're like <clears throat> because you feel so good. I'm like, oh wow, I had to go through this pain to have this feeling right now. That's like uh I had two shots of morphine in my life and the second was after um after a kidney well during a kidney stone. I went to the hospital for that a few years back and I was, I I mean, I was in agony, one of the worst pains uh, I ever felt. And once I got that shot, this is the second time I got a shot. Those actually were my, my thoughts at that time. Um, It was like, wow, it was almost worth it. So imagine someone that does that only like 10 times, maybe you think it's no big deal. 10, 15 times. I, I can only imagine after that. I, I think if I would have had uh, a few more shots of those, I would have become addicted.
1: It's easy to go down a, a path that way, you know, cause it's, it starts so, so, uh so small, so innocuously, you know, you're, yeah. you, you have an incident or an accident where you're like, your, your body's super hurt. and, It, yeah. And then it is, it's very innocent. And then all of a sudden it's, it's not anymore.
0: Exactly. Or it could be, or it could be like she's in a party, she had a few drinks and all that. And someone she's really, she has a really good, uh, a really cool relationship with, you know, either a guy she's dating or a close friend or whatever. Hey, let's try this, try this. You know, you're you're in a party, you're not thinking much about that. Um, and she tries it and it's one of the best feelings she ever had and the next day she feels great you know no damage done or whatever so she does it again and just like you say i mean it's very it's a very uh, insidious thing like the line uh, the line of when it's too much or harmless a harmless once in a while thing to it's becoming a serious problem is very hard to see especially when you're in the middle of it
1: well, that's addiction
0: yeah and yeah and the worst thing is you know it that's the thing like your your addiction affects so many so many people around you and uh, I can only imagine what your are um, that that person you know uh, well like, I, I just bumped community into, right
1: I bumped into her sister and and but her cousin and extended family just the other day and they're just completely devastated. completely devastated like they don't even they don't even know what to say like it's 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 even hard to have a conversation with them because you know what do you what do you say to them you know it's like oh no yeah no, they're they're just no words they're just gone like i'm i'm sorry for your loss but it really doesn't really do it justice i don't think
0: yeah exactly it's it, it, and a lot of times it I'll give you an example one of my good friends uh when I was growing up he died in 2009 and I talked to his mom on the phone uh in 2016 uh, my mom and his mom uh, became really good friends kind of when we became friends uh because of our shenanigans <laughs> growing up brought our two moms together I guess <laughs> um So his mom uh, wrote me a message uh, maybe a a couple months before that asking me my address. And uh, she wanted to send me some uh, pictures and some uh, a few things uh, that he had. And if I wanted them and I'm like, yes, I mean, I'd like to have a memory of uh, one of my best friends growing up. Um, I have his cross like hanging uh, off my off my bed frame and all that. So she, she taught, she, when we spoke on the phone, she was telling, we, we did speak about that and this was in two, yeah, 2016. So this was seven years later. She was still devastated. She had to, I, you know, I was doing my best to reassure her. She felt guilty. She felt that she didn't do what she, she, she could have done. And I know the situation I was there for, for a lot of the the times, like where she was like actually putting fault on herself. And even though, uh, he's, um, he was one of my good friends, uh, she didn't have, she, she didn't have to have all that blame on her. And seven years later, like she still broke down on the phone. And so fuck, I can only imagine like when it's fresh like that in these smaller communities, because like people die every day in the bigger cities, no one blinks an eye. You know, it's like, oh, so, so crazy. So many people are dying, but no one really doesn't touch anyone.
1: Well, it's more personal in a smaller town. Yep. Just because everyone knows each other, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. And, and it's like in a big city, it's very easy to create like your own little bubble In a smaller town. It's like, what can happen to someone can happen to someone else. You know, there's not like these uh, intellectual walls between one another, like there is in bigger cities. What happened? What happens? What happens to uh, the Smiths can easily happen to uh, uh, the Jones. Yeah, right. Because like the Jones and the Smiths are not that different from uh, each other. In a big city, it's like people don't even know their neighbors a lot of times.
1: Well, yeah because it's easier just to put your your headphones on and your sunglasses on and and not not it's engage what I
0: do here in Edmonton <laughs> not engage
1: with not engage with people because when you engage with people that's when you you tend to, you when you let people in that's there's always an opportunity to get hurt
0: yep yeah uh, there's always i I'll say like George Carlin I you know from what he says in one of his bits, is like from what I've said over the years, a lot of people have the bad the the wrong impression that I hate people. I don't hate people. I just like them in small spurts, like a minute, a minute and a half. Then yeah. people equal bullshit.
1: <laughs> I agree with George Carlon.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think you do. More than me actually.
1: I John has seen me literally walk away from people when they're talking
0: yeah and a peace and love festival like shambhala where everyone's supposed to be like uh overtly love peace and happiness it doesn't matter like a skinhead and a woke person could be like oh i love you man oh i love you too
1: bill's you like know? i'm gonna go get a taco
0: peace <laughs> yeah
1: uh yeah woke let's look at the the urban dictionary definition yeah uh, so I looked up woke AF or woke as fuck. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, it's not the greatest, but I'll, I'll work with it. Knowing everything is an illusion of the mind, mainly the more extreme version of woke encapsulating higher dimensional and abstract thought one achieves this woke philosophy after ingesting very high doses of DMT mushrooms or other hallucinogenic substances.
0: Yeah, Bill. I'm gonna stop you right there. That, that that's not the woke. Where I guess you can. I guess, that's how I used to envision it. That that's more like the that, that's the enlightened that's version. Enlightened
1: woke. Okay, so
0: so that's yeah, one we're, version. Talk-
1: what's so what's your yeah. what's your current understanding of woke?
0: Well, well, the woke we're talking about is how, um, it's it's people that say they are woke is that they're so. Uh, far beyond most people, when it comes to understanding all these uh, issue, progressive issues like uh, race relationships and, uh, um, uh, what's that word they use a lot? Intersectionality between race, uh, sexual uh, identification and orientation. Ah, uh, okay. Um, ethnicity, ethnicity and all that. It, it's it's basically the the far leftist moral high ground, if you will,
1: far leftist moral high ground. I yeah. I like that.
0: Yeah. It's where they think they, they're, they're, they've woken up. It's like their version of the red pill. Oh, okay. They've woken up to the reality of, um, all the racism and sexism and transphobia and, uh, homophobia and all that in society. And they're super aware of it. So a woke person, if, um, so say if, uh, uh, a girl you knew was woke as fuck and, um, it's a Halloween party and some white girl came in with a geisha, costume, uh, that's
1: cultural being
0: woke as, appropriation. Her. Yeah. The woke as fuck girl would be like, oh my God, that's cultural appropriation.
1: Oh my uh, God.
0: Yeah how offensive that is you should take that off because you're uh you're mocking and culturally culturally appropriating uh something from japan something like that you know cowboys would be offensive because you know they were they're like a symbol of the patriarchy and white supremacy etc cetera, etc cetera. so th- that's just an example of uh wokeness how the way i've been seeing it lately okay just
1: to cl- just to clarify okay cool
0: yeah so i'm sure you can find something on uh, urban dictionary with that
1: uh probably but it probably won't be that
0: urban all
1: right yeah I, I i i tried earlier and that wasn't what i thought it was so we'll just go with that oh okay we'll call okay. it jonathan's version of
0: well the, no no it's not my version trust me it's not <laughs> it's my not version but my, the, the version no I, i'm dissociating myself of like labeling what's woke or what, what's not woke this is from what i've been seeing uh, all over but to me like w- what i would actually like to be my version is like the first uh, someone that's uh, taken psychedelics and you know meditates and actually has awakened their mind to the i guess higher realities of uh you know of existence yeah you know that doesn't see that's broken through their the day-to-day programming from school and society and culture and all that and have gone beyond that to me that's a lot i i prefer that that definition of woke and i'd like to identify uh anything i have to do uh with the the meaning as the I'd like to reappropriate wokeness to that, if you will. Okay. So woke, but wokeness today, uh, it's, it's yeah, this far leftist, uh, moral high ground.
1: Far leftist moral high ground.
0: Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm aware of all the injustices. Like for
1: example, plastic straws versus paper straws. What's up with that?
0: Yeah, what's up with that? It's a cruc- I think uh, I think your girlfriend has a uh, perspective on well, that. Why don't you uh, woke us up on that? I,
1: I, I will, I will woke the people, John.
0: I woke them <laughs> up. I
1: woke them up. Um, it costs more money uh, to to have paper straws. I think it's thirteen cents versus three cents per straw. So you're looking at a 10 Mm -hmm. cents per straw difference. So imagine you're in the restaurant industry and you have to order straws by the thousands, right? 10 cents on the dollar makes a lot of difference when you're trying to do profit margins, just because somebody is going to be, comes up to you and says, Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't want to use these plastic straws because they're going to go straight to the landfill. Mm -hmm. You know, paper straws are biodegradable and, they break down when you put them in the environment. So that would be an example of a woke person. Usually I'm not, not, I'm not stereotyping here, but I would, I would definitely associate wokeness in the current climate as somebody who is also probably a vegan, uh, likely into the LBGQ community uh, or like, Oh yeah. I'm queer support. I'm not say, like, I'm just saying that, that, that is probably their, their whole jam.
0: Yeah. The, the, inv- the env- the hardcore environmentalists, save the whales, man, slash vegan. Save the whales. Yeah. 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 Like hippies, hippies are like a hybrid of like the old definition of wokeness and the, uh, the newer version, you know, uh, but yeah, like w- w- when we get back to the straw situation here, um, from what I've heard, I think it actually produces it, it, it because, like, look, paper straws—they're paper straws, right? We have to cut down trees for that, and don't we need machines that guzzle like a whole bunch of uh, gasoline and use uh, oil and all that to cut down those uh, those trees? And water—we need to use. Yeah, exactly. And don't we we need to use like a whole bunch of uh, water and chemicals and all that to break down the pulp uh, to make the, these paper straws? Um, so which is more I, 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 environmental? Yeah. Impact so what, what has a bigger? Yeah. So what has a bigger impact? Um, I mean, I mean, look, I mean, if if straws are really causing uh, a big impact on the environment, and that's a simple solution then go for it. But how, how much of this from, I saw a John Stossel video a few months back about this subject. Um, it's like almost a year ago. And like the conclusion I got from that, uh, from that little segment there was that it's completely ridiculous. Now it's been a long time, so I can't like quote, um, any uh, proper facts? I don't. I, I don't want to say. I just. I don't want to spew like anything on there. But like the impression I had, it was like a ridiculous thing to do. It, like it. It had more negative impacts than good impacts. And for whatever small environment environmental impact po- in a positive way, it had like larger negative impacts. I should have watched that video before doing this, but
1: we'll link it in the vi- in the description.
0: Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I I, I think it's it's I, I think like these moral crusades are just like little hobbies like these people are are having. I I I really don't know if uh, you know from what I'm seeing, like these politicians are just going, they they're just like surfing these waves of outrage and they're trying to capitalize on that.
1: Well, and i think that's one isn't of there a video with uh <laughs> justin trudeau talking about what do you do to uh help the environment and it's just like fumbling over his words about trying to spit out plastic bottles <laughs> have you have you seen that i've seen that i've seen that on, well, on social media back when i before my hiatus
0: yeah yeah we uh plastic speaking of which you yeah go ahead plastic bottles uh, we uh plastic bought he just
1: he was having a really hard time saying say the word plastic bottles
0: yeah he's like <laughs> fuck it's my kryptonite plastic bottles bpa man the, BPA free. Uh, the woke the yeah the woke people will hate me and that's my base
1: yes i have taken a hiatus from social media
0: yeah how do you feel
1: um better for the most part
0: yeah you didn't wish me happy birthday no. on my uh on my facebook that's right it, it saddened me immensely
1: uh, yeah I, I didn't leave you, you know? a rude comment about your birthday
0: yeah there was like one piece of the puzzle missing and it was your happy birthday how you many know? i was like where's
1: <laughs> how many happy birthday wishes did you get
0: i got enough let's just say that so you
1: got your you got your dopamine hit say eh?
0: I got a few. Oh, yeah. But you always want more. Always, yeah. No, I've
1: decided to wean myself from that area.
0: From that uh,
1: distraction.
0: Inform- information guzzler from hell.
1: Well, I just, it's, uh, I haven't found a lot of personal use and value of having Facebook or social media anymore. I mean, I've been on it to close to just over 10 years. Um, I used to post pictures to Facebook. Um, I used to be more active on my Instagram account. Um, But I just. I've never used Instagram. I just feel like it's become a cesspool of idiocracy. And I just don't. The only reason I would use Instagram now is probably to use it as a business tool, to be honest with you.
0: That's the only reason why I got an Instagram account.
1: Um, because I could use it as a way to promote my business or be an influencer or something like that. That's the only reason I, I think I would have it. Uh,
0: you want to be an influencer?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right. I do. With the, with, On Instagram? With the Doomer Bloomer Instagram account, okay?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm <laughs> sorry uh, because I, I just saw a Crystal Lee, uh, um rant on 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 his podcast about uh influencers instagram influencers especially like the uh the who the
1: insta hoes
0: the the instagram see whos. See you're
1: insta hoes see previous podcast
0: yeah he's like if you're showing your butt but in a way that you know if you're looking sideways from the camera eating a sandwich but like showing off your ass at the same time, you're whoring.
1: You're, you're whoring.
0: Yeah, you're whoring. You're whoring. And the logic is it's like, well, you know, likes and likes and followers is the new currency. Well, that's you know that proves my point right there. You're whoring. If you're doing all that, if you're sexually being sexually explicit, to get likes and followers, you're whoring.
1: You're whoring. <laughs> Just. It's-
0: Start the hashtag, uh, unfollow. hashtag unfollow. So, it, whenever you see a chick, whenever you see a chick like trying to do, like, oh, I'm not even, I don't even know the camera's there, but it's so obvious that it's like super uh, manufactured and all that. And they're doing something, oh my God, I'm eating soup. How silly, how silly am I? Type of thing. Yeah, you're eating. Well, you, you do hashtag the unfollow on. Uh, <laughs> The unfollowing <laughs> the
1: unfollowing i like that we
0: yeah yeah we gotta stop the um well it's because like there's so many thirsty males man yes like so many wo- so so many women are doing stupid shit it's not even at some point it's not even their faults. if you have like so many sycophantic males just say oh everything you do is so so great i i respect the woman, respect the woman. and what you and you're one of the best woman i've ever seen <laughs> i mean uh heard about or like (laughs) heard heard Heard. because i respect you so much that what i see doesn't matter it's what you have to say like the soup you're eating me eating the soup right now is so silly
1: (laughs) hashtag soup
0: hashtag yes hashtag soup oh my god it's so good (laughs)
1: hashtag burn my tongue
0: oh my god yeah, OMG! Yeah, <laughs> we should definitely link that uh, Leo video. Cristalia
1: will be linked yeah. in the description.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's you're hilarious. whoring. You're whoring. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know it's uh it's the new currency, likes and followers. Exactly, you're whoring. <laughs> At least, at least a street whore gets some cold hard cash, you know,
1: into her BTC account.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so um, that's why I kind of laugh when you said uh, being an influencer. I don't want to be an influencer. I do, just because of that yeah. video. Just because of that video, I ain't being an influencer. I, I, I don't want to be associated. I want to be an insta. These, I want to uh, be an
1: insta whore now.
0: Uh, yeah i'm gonna
1: do a whole i'm doing a whole 180 on my whole no facebook no instagram i'm gonna all
0: right you should like (laughs) you know what you should do you should like uh, it's been done before but you should like take like some of the biggest uh youtube uh not youtube but um instagram um instagram uh influencers or celebrities the females and you should just do the same hashtags insane poses like a girl that's i
1: should that would be funny as fuck
0: it would it would so every like every girl that like kind of like um you know writes something like the hustle is real type of thing (laughs) thing, and she's just like eating she's laying on the eating soup eating soup on the beach (laughs) It should like with her legs open in a way that's like yeah, provocative, you, know? shit, yeah. you should do the ex- oh yeah you should like because like the way they do it, it like let's be real they're good looking women they can get away with it because there's so many uh thirsty people out there and oh yeah it's all good it's all good um but if you do it it would oh it would be fucking hilarious i think i could or we we, we could get yeah, go.
1: Well, I just I I just feel like we have to start the Doom Boomer Instagram account now just so I could do this.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the anti the anti influencers. Anti
1: influencers. Exactly.
0: We defluence. <laughs> defluence. <laughs> <laughs> Instagram defluencers. Oh. so you feel good? No Instagram, no Facebook?
1: For now. It's been about 21 days so since the 1st of July. Oh, nice. I don't know. I I have some urges. I'm not going to lie. Occasionally, I want to go on there and go check my messenger. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, I feel pretty good about not being on there.
0: Good stuff. Well, it's good to disconnect. I did it with YouTube for a week. And that's a lot for me. Um, you know, no, no music videos, no, no, like podcasts or anything like that. That's where I get most of my media. And um, it was good. Your, you, your, your brain will just automatically, automatically tend to focus on uh, different other things besides Insta and soup and uh, yeah, soup and the likes So, uh, yeah, I uh, I probably won't do, I, I don't go on uh, social media enough anyways at this point where I, I, I think I need um, to uh, cut it out of my life. But I, I, I take breaks voluntarily A lot of times I'm like no, you could be doing something better than scrolling through this bullshit because it goes fast. Like sometimes I I will catch myself and it's like, wow, I've been like half an hour not enjoying this at all. Just saying, oh, <laughs> that's funny. And then moving on. Oh, bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Oh, just, you know, and then you, you look at the time. And so it's been half an hour I've been doing this. Not, nothing constructive at all came out of this. Well, so yeah. that, then I'll be like, yeah. Yeah, so I definitely get what what you're saying. Well, I, that. It's,
1: I look at it as a as a passive activity. It's not an active activity where you're consuming rather than producing. And I try to look for opportunities to be more in a productive flow rather than a than a, a consuming flow. You know, if, yeah, if there, there's the biggest thing nowadays is people don't know how to be bored. In the '90s, when you were bored, that's when the most creative things started happening. Like that's when I started making zip lines in my backyard and making my brother test them. You know, yeah. Uh, that's when I used to go for three hour bike rides and just go off. It got you go move. off the grid. Now, you know, people are sedentary more. They're sitting down more. There's no incentive for them to break out of their comfort zones. You know, there's always the constant stream of the data information, Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, whatever. There's always something that's in front of them. That's distracting their attention.
0: And yeah, there's always something there. There's always something like within your, within an arm's reach of you that, even if you're not going to feel great, you'll still feel bored, but it will numb it just enough for you to just continue checking stuff on your phone. You know, one Facebook post will lead you to something else. It will lead you to something else. It will lead you to a video uh, or a blog post or whatever. And, you know, nothing. Uh, and, and like you say, it's passive. It's passive. It, it's, like I can see it in in um in YouTube. I remember when I first started uh, using YouTube, I would type in like every every video I watched. Uh, it was me typing in something, uh, in the search bar, like uh, looking for something uh, in particular. I had an idea. Oh, I'd like to learn about this, and I type it in. Oh, I'd like to hear this song, and I type it in. Um, as um after a few years, it was like I was looking. I had a lot of channel subscriptions, so I would like look at all the new content that my subscriptions that I chose would put out. Now, I don't even go through that. I'm so... Like, my brain is so lazy, I just go, oh, recommended videos. And most of the time, these recommended videos, I'm like, yo, I've already seen some shit like that. I want, I want something new. Instead of typing it in, like, my first reflex is just to refresh the recommended videos. I won't even... Uh, you know, and it, it, it's almost like, oh wow, I'm typing something in the search bar because I'm actually looking for yeah, something. I don't, I don't let um, Google, on my I don't own. let
1: Google look at my search history anymore. Oh, okay, it's turned off.
0: Mm, that's cool. Yeah, it's it's getting pretty. Uh, did you hear about the? Um, Uh, We haven't talked, uh, we didn't even talk about this uh, pre-notes, pre-podcast or anything, but uh, Google has like some cameras set up all across Toronto and different public spaces uh, just gathering data on the population in Toronto. Yeah. uh,
1: And they got in some, yeah. Yeah. And it's.
0: Go ahead. No, finish. Well, it kind of segues into
1: like. Google Google Home and Alexa, right? Because those have mic- microphones yep. that are on all of the time unless you go into the settings and be like do not monitor me unless I say okay Google, right? But those yeah. microphones are on yeah. in the background all the time. Yeah. Even applications on your phone that have access to your microphone do the same thing.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, your phone is probably recording everything all you know, the time dedic- right?
1: like and then all of a sudden you'll start getting these targeted ads it's like what well, i didn't look at anything about you know suicide and all of a sudden you're like, targeting an yeah. ad for suicide. what you know just yeah just do it as an experiment just for a day just talk about dogs and dog care and dog grooming or something yeah, just,
0: yeah no i've
1: and then look at your phone the next day and see whether you get a targeted ad
0: it it is it's pretty strange i i do admit there there's been a few times that i'm like okay is this because i searched something earlier then talked about it or is it because i talked about it and then this is being presented to me um i i don't want to go either way uh i don't i'm i'm skeptical but very open-minded about uh, like the reality of this but what we do know for sure like from uh, Julian Assange is that already the government uh, everything that's been done online for years um, all the metadata is they captured it all and now they say they don't do it anymore but uh, like whatever it's very easy to be skeptical about that now the the, the companies that actually profit on that data think they're not collecting all the metadata well that's that's going on again one of the reasons it's it's very very probable it's
1: again one of the reasons why i really don't want to be on facebook anymore
0: yeah but i mean what are you going to do like what like to, to me like ever since i saw enemy of the state uh i saw that like this is like a late 90s movie with uh will smith um it was all about how like the government was like could do anything and track everything and do anything they wanted uh, because everything was being like, this is, this was like the beginning of the internet age. Right. And, and it seemed revolutionary, but I'm like, yo, this is like straight up what's going on right now. Like, that's the way I saw it. I even remember when I first got, like when I first started using the internet a lot more regularly, it wasn't just like once in a while at the library or at some friend's place. Um, was at my mom's I think this is like in 2001 um I was uh I mean I'd give fake names on my emails and stuff like that I would never oh I would never enter my real name and all that but I mean I'm like what's the point they already have all this stuff I mean if they really want to target you they can target you easy just because you use a fake name or whatever they're uh you know that's the way i see it at this point i mean if they want to fuck me over from what i've done uh on online uh from what i've said uh, like that's been recorded without my permission at this point it's almost like they can do that to anyone right i mean everyone has said some crazy shit everyone um has done some stuff or looked at stuff wow. or whatever that could be, especially if you spin it in but a certain nowadays, way uh, that can look, uh, that
1: could be devastating. nowadays, John, th- those yeah. outbursts have the potential to go viral. Like there was a girl, rec- a woman recently that snapchatted her kid in the doctor's office who put the tongue compressor on Snapchat. And then people screenshotted and shared that Snapchat. And it went viral on Facebook. The, the, she was just pissing around in the doctor's office with their Snapchat and she had the the, the daughter put the tongue compressor back in the same pile. And, just, and it just it yeah, they yeah. literally destroyed that woman and that family from like yeah. a very innocent yeah. Snapchat, right, at the time. So yeah. that's yeah, yeah. That's how quickly things have changed in the last 10, 15 years.
0: Yeah. Okay. In that sense, yeah. The well, that's why I don't use social media that much, or I don't post too much on Facebook or whatever. Um, in that sense, yeah. I mean, if it, it's like giving your, it's like exposing yourself more than necessary when it comes. But if if I go back to my point that I, I'm not gonna do anything on any of these platforms by fear of, you know, being spied on or, or whatnot. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't see how like it would stop. Like, like, like if you weren't even like, like that girl wasn't on Instagram. It was like some other person just like Instagramming that, that situation. Someone completely unrelated to that girl that just saw what happened. Well, they right? saw,
1: she shared the Snapchat to her Snapchat stories. And then that story went oh, okay. and was recorded and got viral without her consent or approval or because these are, these are mega corporations that have access to your intimate personal details of your life, right? Whether you want them to or not, you're going through their servers. So, and they're in another, and they're in in another country most often. So, Mm -hmm. Yeah. And snap, and like the thing with Snapchat is, even if with a Snapchat, if like it has a a window of time that that it says like ten seconds, seven seconds, three, Snapchat can go back, and if the police want that information for an investigation, they have to give it to them.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: It's that simple.
0: Yeah. Well, I I know Apple at one point uh, got had some issues with the FBI because uh, they. The FBI were asking them to unlock uh, an accused uh, an accused yeah. phone, iPhone, and they didn't want to do it. It's like one of the it's one of the a few times I gave uh, Apple props, you know, for for sticking to their guns about like privacy and stuff like that. I thought it was pretty stand up, but I mean. Most companies, if you put pressure, like Apple can kind of afford all the uh, fallback from that. But a smaller company well, I'm not saying like Snapchat is small or Instagram and all that. They're pretty, I mean, they're part of Facebook now. Well, yeah. Snapchat's a multi-billion dollar company. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, but yeah, it's like, it's crazy. Yeah. It is crazy how like all these things can can go on. Like what can happen with all this stuff? And sometimes, sometimes I say if it. I guess my divergence and point with you is that it's so pervasive, it's so everywhere that I kind of just put my. I'm I'm almost just like putting my head in the sand. I I like I know like all the potential dangers. I I I use all these things sparingly, but I don't want to start getting like paranoid well, about the shit. But I, I, I am thinking of getting a VPN well, and uh, some firewalls I mean, and all yeah, that too. VPN actually. is a
1: must. I use a VPN all the time. I've had VPNs for years, but I'm, I'm like more of like going into like that, the like going, you know what going Galt is? No, Going no gold idea. is like when you completely disconnect from the society you're in. Like you have no outstanding debts. You have all your money in cash in like hard assets like oh, yeah, gold yeah, yeah. or silver, blah, blah, blah. You have yeah, basically a, like a prepper's mentality. Like you have stockpiles of food, potentially weapons. Yeah.
0: And you renounce, you know And you renounce like your citizenship. Well, you renounce or your social like security,
1: that. right? So you stop. You don't have to pay taxes, right? So yeah. if you're not producing or 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 having a traditional sort of business anymore, where you have employees, they have to pay that's taxable, that goes back to the government. If you're just completely, for lack of a better word, going off grid, it's called going galt.
0: Yes. Oh, okay, yeah I always saw it as going uh, permanently off the grid
1: and and that is oh. and it's probably more probably because I live in such a northern isolated environment because it would be a lot easier to do that here because people hunt and fish and oh, yeah. we have access to you know uh, resources you don't get in the city, right? Um, I don't necessarily have Mm -hmm. to rely on the grocery store. If I grow my own garden, I grow my own food. I preserve it, can it in the wintertime. You know, I don't have to go to a grocery store.
0: Full gulp, going
1: galt is what that's called. I watched it.
0: I actually, when I was a kid, actually, um, my dad... Uh, with a friend of his that they went into the woods for like an excursion. I, uh, it might've been for small game hunting or something. And they met a hermit. We call them the hermit. And that's basically what, uh, he did. He went galt. He lived there year round. Um, he, he managed to get some groceries dropped off every like three, four months or something. Most of it, he just like trapped and shot. Um, and fished, and he lived um, He lived in uh, what's called Le Mont Valin, um, which is uh, in the Saguenay region, some uh, mountainous region over there. And yeah, that's what he did. That's the only person I think I really met that went, uh, that was full galt. I remember him eating uh, supper with us, because my dad invited him and he, like he ate like a savage like i, re, I like I, re, I really remember like him eating very differently than all the other adults like i i wasn't re, like i really didn't care about like manners and stuff like that when i was that age and and i was like whoa he eats worse than i do
1: <laughs> hey dad who's this bummy invited to dinner
0: <laughs> but he was cool man he had like this uh, uh i don't know i remember he was flirting with my my grandma man my grandma was there too <laughs> really That's fucking <laughs> old. yeah he was an old dude he was a, he was like at least late 50s if not early 60s and i don't recall how how many years but it was like multiple years that he was living like Oh well, it's it's just and... like
1: you know you know what a trapper is like like the mad trapper
0: yeah well they like they they'll trap beavers and wow. stuff like that for for like fur and meat exactly. And all, I right? have
1: a similar uh, story of for my hometown of a gentleman that did the same thing. He had a trap line far up the lake and he basically lived there almost year round. He would come out in the springtime and and stuff to get provisions and then in the fall he'd go back to the trapping the trapping cabin. You know, and that was his life and he didn't really, it was a subsistence life. He didn't really have to pay taxes or, or anything like that. He lived completely off the grid.
0: Yeah. Just like the Unabomber, (laughs) right?
1: Just like the Unabomber. (laughs) My hero, the Unabomber. Uh. Not really. That was a joke.
0: You know this great scientist. Well, he he actually uh, did live like that for a while. Uh, the Unabomber like went off the grid. Uh, uh, what's the word again? Uh, Gunter. Gunter. No. What what's the word uh, for living off Going the grid? Galt.
1: It's named after Galt. it's named after the Galt. guy who did it, Charles Galt, I believe. Charles. Oh, Galt. G G A L T. I will make a link to it too. Going,
0: going Galt. Yeah, and like, look, I'm not associating being... Going Galt is uh, is equal to Unabomber. I'm just saying the Unabomber did go Galt for a while. uh, the, Like for years. John after. Galt.
1: Pardon me. John Galt. Yeah, like, like, John Galt is a character in Anne Rand's novel, Atlas Drugged. He is not identified by thy name until the last third of the novel. Okay, so that's where it comes from.
0: Going gotcha. Galt. You think you'll ever go golf? Uh,
1: ultimately, John, that's my life goal.
0: Yeah. I think really? we've
1: talked about this.
0: Well, I didn't know it was uh, going completely off oh, the road. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow.
1: Not in, not yeah, not, not in like the traditional sense, but I would be most, I think, at home living in a cabin in the woods.
0: Mm-hmm. I definitely want a cabin in the woods, uh, as a retreat, but I don't know. I always like to think that I'm still participating, um, well, in the world. You
1: like people more than I do, to be honest.
0: I guess, I guess. Well, it's not only liking people, uh, because like I've been here in Edmonton for a year and a half now and, uh besides the people I've met at Toastmasters, I haven't really sought to make any friends or anything. I'm content with the little social, the, the, the little social connect, the few social connections I have uh, all across the country. Right, right. I'm content with that. But when I'm out, yeah, I do like making connections. I just like knowing that there's all kinds of, discoveries and opportunities all around at all times and and that i can participate that in, in that if i do choose to and you know i think it would be a lot harder to even know what's going on if uh if if i if i went full uh, galt
1: but that's that to me that's that's the beauty of it
0: yeah and that's why i would like eventually i'll probably will have a um cabin or something because the beauty it, like to me it, it's good to have m- periods like that but i'm a very cyclical person uh there's times where i feel saturated at anything that's business related I, I i just don't want uh i don't want to hear about any other invoices or potential deals or c- new customers or whatever i just don't want to deal with any of that bullshit um, uh, because I kind of had like my fill of it and I need to retreat a bit, but then after that, the ideas come back in and I just want to, I just want to go full steam ahead. And,
1: uh, I personally, I personally feel this year, it. that's what I've, I've missed missing the most is that I, I, I take three to usually three three to three days to a week and I just go spend it by myself. And I have been really at the wow. mercy of other people's schedule this year, and it's really, it's actually really starting to to upset me a bit.
0: Yeah, well, uh, I do feel that at least I'm in control of my schedule to 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 a certain degree. I mean. I I, I can say no if I don't want to. I might suffer financial consequences. You know, it could be losing a customer or losing one particular deal or missing a stock opportunity or something like that. But I do have the choice to say no. And there's still opportunity for me the next day. Contrary to most people where if they say no to their boss or their company, then, well, it's like, go fuck yourself. Get out of the job anymore, right? Exactly. And that, that's a stress I could Like I've, I've been through those stresses. Uh, and yeah, I, that, uh, that's the type of thing that would make me want to go galt. Right. <laughs> For real. But
1: everybody has their, yeah. has their no, own, I hear ya. their own concept of what makes them happy or content. Right.
0: Yeah. But I, like, like I said, I, I'm, I, I feel you just because like, even right now when you talk about it, um, like how I've been feeling this week about the stresses of, uh, business and trading and all that, um, and being, and feeling saturated about that. It's like, I have to disconnect myself from that. Uh, but I, I, I guess I'm a lot, uh, similar to Tim Ferriss. Um, if you, if you if you recall in like the four hour work week, he talks about like his periods of like hyper productivity and then not wanting to do anything. But then he has to be super productive again, right? I'm uh, I'm very similar to that. I always compare myself to like a cheetah. Uh, I can give like a really big outburst of high product productive energy, but then I have to rest. I have to disconnect, or else I'll uh, um, I'll burn out.
1: Well, I'm glad you mentioned Tim Ferriss because uh, as as you might have known or not known, since 2015. Like he, like he's an angel investor, right? He was an angel investor in Twitter and some other tech companies, but he, he ground, also, I think also, well, he 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 didn't not he didn't divest, but he switched focus from tech companies into psychedelic mm-hmm. research, um, yeah, know, and he awesome. has been he's been on a panel in May, uh, and there's going to be a link in the in the description of the video for the podcast, but he was at the Milton Institute and it was a panel of people in different diverse fields talking about trying to, and we, this has been in previous podcasts, uh, but they're trying to deregulize, decriminalize the use of psilocybin for depression. Yep. Oh,
0: um, which they, and it's, should. it's
1: almost to the point where the FDA is leaning towards it, but what has to happen is business has to get involved in order to make a viable commercial mm-hmm. model, whether it's a, medic- a medical model okay. or a recreational model or some combination of the two. Um, but until business yeah. gets involved, it's still going to be a taboo area because technically possessing them or trafficking or or selling these substances is still considered a, a, an offense, right? It's a criminal offense. Even though yep. they've, they're they doing these these studies that are positively showing that, you know, a single high dose of psilocybin is like doing a mental reset and a physical reset.
0: It's like two years right? of psychoanalysis. Uh, you know? uh, yeah. Whereas I
1: mean, in the SRIs, like the, the serotonin, uh, reuptakes Reuptakes. these guys maybe. all they do is make you have high highs low lows and they just like smooth out the peaks and valleys and you have to keep taking them and sometimes you have to take higher and higher doses in order to see the effects
0: yeah and also it's like when you the there's been some studies about this oh, man i hate saying this all the time there's been studies, <laughs> there's, but there's been studies. anyways, there there has been some research. There's been some research, um, so people uh, they they take a control group of people uh, being depressed, uh, but they they make they they don't go through S- SSRIs and all that. Uh, they just do it cold tur. They go they get through it cold turkey, and people that or are are prescribed those medications and what happens is the the people that get out of it that actually get over the their depression i think it's slightly higher for the people that actually don't take them Uh, and this is after a year right so um they're they're calculating the results of the outcomes of um of these two groups after a year uh and after that like i think it's like three or four years Uh, so basically to condense all that is the people that don't take the ssris are i think there's a slight there's a slight better chance of actually getting out of of the depression but it's fairly equal but the thing is is long term like in the three four year period uh, period there's no relapse there's no relapse and they don't need the medication as in people that got out of the depression with the aid of those medications need that medication yeah, or else you become they're, they're dependent completely on screwed. It.
1: And that's, that's the issue. exactly. And that's one of the reasons why as a business model, psychedelics probably aren't that greatest because you don't need a, a whole lot of them. And once you take them, you don't have to keep taking them. You can only, you can keep taking, there are, they're already self-regulating, right? Because if you take more, it's not going to exactly. have the same effect three days later. Sort of thing. Exactly. But you are still going to.
0: Yeah, exactly. There's no, there's not much money right? to be made. With um,
1: not, not in the traditional business yeah. models. So they need to figure out a way mm-hmm. to make it profitable for, For companies, in order to lay the groundwork to make these substances legally and accessible,
0: well, all you would need is one multi-million or even better multi-billion-dollar company that would see that would that would see like the a potential market, and I think that potential market would be the actual administering. Well, like that's what they were that's what they were saying in
1: that YouTube in that milton conference is people would go go on retreats yeah they'd have a, a dedicated trip sitter guide and that would they would they would have people in order to help them integrate the experience after during and afterwards right um because that's the biggest exactly. thing with psychedelics is it, integrating it, it, the experience whether it's a challenging trip or a, a exactly you know, yeah. one, one way or the other it could be a challenging trip or
0: well it should be a new field uh, you know being st- being um taught at universities basically uh, psychedelic psychotherapy and i mean it's it's not going to be big like like antidepressants <coughs> and stuff like that but it's definitely going to be more beneficial as a whole for society and there is well, money to be because made because we're it.
1: seeing more larger and larger instances of increased depression, anxiety disorders due to the things we talked about earlier was like social media, um, increased information, uh, dumps. We, we.
0: Overload the alienation of human beings, the larger population centers, um, conflicting ideas, cultural ideas, uh, being bombarded uh, to you all over the place, uh, and so on and so on. Uh, Now, maybe like short term for certain companies, antidepressants is the way to go to make money. But as a whole for society, um, these are at best, if not worse than um, than putting a small. Yeah, exactly. And probably infected band-aids with syphilis and gonorrhea on them. Yeah. Type of shit. Um, What we need is, you know, you can even see like psychedelics. Uh, as rites of passage, I, I I know it sounds tribal, but to, to be able, to to make it to make it not only acceptable but encouraged to face uh, your the the inner demons in yourself, like the scary places, the scary regions in your psyche, is it's not it's not an experience to take lightly. And I think if most if if a lot of people would face um that type of stuff they a lot most people wouldn't look at the world so superficially and they'd be a lot harder to be indoctrinated
1: (laughs) that's a oh indoctrinated that's that's my dad's favorite my dad's favorite word is indoctrinated
0: yeah well (laughs) I think your dad is indoctrinated with uh, his own uh, literature there, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think your dad has just found another literature to be indoctrinated true. by. Um,
1: his truth. Anyways, his truth.
0: Anyway. You, you know what I mean? It, and it, 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 like, we're all indoctrinated to a certain extent, but most people aren't even aware uh, of their indoctrination. Well, yeah. They don't think, they, yeah. they think they have absolutely free will and... Every every brilliant thought they have is uh, like their own. Um, you know, I think psychedelics kind of breaks uh, that type of idea of like you're 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 like some special island in control of everything uh, inside of you, and um, you know you're you're building every, everything that's happening in your life is your uh, is is. Uh, in your control and and what's funny what a lot of people do is like everything that's good is they're doing but everything bad that happens it's always they always point the finger at someone else or at something well, else well, that's the right government the cold, or the stupid the, the stupid street government. Yep. or the it,
1: or the the economy oh things, the economy uh, i'm doing right?
0: ba- yeah exactly and the thing is, it's, it's I mean, it, like reality is a lot more nuanced than that. Uh, and uh, I, I think psychedelics, if more people as a whole would use, and, and it's not only the use itself of psychedelics, not o- only the psychedelic experience. I think if we come to a point where, yo, like us human beings should go that route and face inward so we can be better outwardly. Uh, that would be, that would represent a huge shift in human consciousness or in cultural consciousness. Yes. Right. Just to get to that, that government's on board with that. Private companies are on board with that. And most, most of society as a whole is on board with that. That, that would represent in itself. You, you can even ex- extract the compound out of this equation just having that mentality would be a huge shift in con- in um, in the mentalities that I I think would benefit the human race immensely. And you add like a powerful compound or powerful substances like um, DMT, LSD, psilocybin, and uh, MDMA uh, that can really treat uh, mental issues like we've been seeing pop up in go up like crazy um yeah I uh, right let, let's hope that some of that we're going to see more of that and um you know god bless uh tim well, ferris he, for he's a public figure doing, right and he that.
1: has sway you know and he's not he he he, ha, he has pull in, not- in different areas right so he does, I, I hope yeah. it continues on that way. And uh, in the next five to 10 years, we're going to start seeing some of the, the fruits of, of the labors.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, I remember when I was talking to you and you weren't even really familiar with any of this um, four or five years ago. Um I was like, mark my words. Um, you know, what we're seeing with weed, we're going to start seeing with psychedelics. And it's been four or five years. Uh, you know, I was telling you all oh, in four or five years, it's going to start being legalized in certain places. And uh, look, it's, it's legalized in Oregon now. Colorado. Oh, or, or at least yeah, Colorado. in Portland, Oregon, I think. Uh, Colorado. Um, yeah, yeah. the exactly. Netherlands as well. So it's already started. Yeah.
1: Um, it's just It's just another tool right in a in a sense too right like you if you again yeah go ahead what
0: i was saying yeah what i was saying is that they're going to start seeing Shit. that psychedelics are not as harmful as as what they thought it was and it has a lot more benefits of what they well thought it had it, in the same in the same respect as marijuana because i remember like like when i introduced that shit to you um like what was like the general information you had about psychedelics before i even mentioned um
1: it to you? honestly nothing like i i've never even like to that point i'd never even met or known anyone who had in my at least in my town or my sphere besides weed or drinking yeah. or cocaine is usually yeah. the one that people go to But psychedelics are like, at least where I'm from are usually hard to come by. And, and I honestly was just, I was just being open-minded and I was just going to take it with an open mind.
0: Yeah. But like, yeah, you didn't have like a very negative, uh, like it didn't have like, uh, I'm asking at this point, like, did it have like a very negative connotation like uh, oh my god yeah that shit fries your brain. I think it would have been. I a,
1: think it would have been different if like, you'd offered me LSD. I think because okay. I come from a farming background. I know what a mushroom is. I know what it looks like. Yeah. Uh, I go pick mushrooms in the yeah. woods. I know how to find like edible mushrooms. Yeah. To me, it was just a natural okay. extension of my of my upbringing, anyways. And it was just yeah serendipitous that. I was there at that time and that's what you had. And that's what we tried. And you didn't really think I would have as, as a you weren't sure what my reaction was going to be.
0: Yeah. True. But I, I I think I had started talking uh, to you about uh, mushrooms and psychedelics as a whole, like a few months before you even came down. Right. This
1: is 2015, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. This is
1: close to I mean, four or five four and a half years ago it's it's actually really hard to i remember the feeling and i remember the texture of the conversation but i don't remember the substance yeah. and the content of the conversation as well as i probably should right yeah, i was just I like you. i have this thing yeah. you want to try it i'm going to be here with you like
0: yeah. we are
1: not going to do a whole lot
0: like no no, 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 but it wasn't even like uh, trying uh, to get you because like that, uh, that when you came down, I, was, I didn't even really have an intention to do any or offer you any or anything like that. Um, I was just uh, like, because like f- a few months prior, like we were, like I was telling you about my experiences with it and all that without like trying to influence you to, uh, um, I think I just said, oh yeah, check it out, like all the potentiality and all that, but I hadn't like, Uh, It wasn't like to offer you any like that. That's how I remember it. Right. Like I I didn't just talk about it. I honestly, I honestly
1: cannot recall Uh, the the specifics of the conversation.
0: All right. That's fine. Me neither. Um, Like basically my question was is, and I think you answered it already was if you um, had um, like a very negative, because you, you, you know, you were pretty, uh, when it came to drugs and alcohol you 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 kind of abstained from all that stuff like even weed right like you had, you had barely smoked i think he smoked weed once yeah um, i in but, your life yeah i i don't so to me it was probably bad right all that stuff was kind of bad uh, like before you you had that open uh, mind to no. it
1: i i don't remember it like that but okay that's okay I I don't remember having a negative connotation connotation towards mushrooms, at least maybe we, maybe we need maybe maybe, maybe especially when I was 19, but the difference between 19 and 25 is, is, yeah, those are, that's a big difference.
0: Okay. Okay. That's cool. I, I was trying to get like, actually at, what at you nineteen were at, at that time at, at 19, before you
1: tried yeah, it. Yeah, I probably wouldn't have very good associations, but twenty five to nineteen different.
0: Okay, gotcha. Cool man. So so yeah, so even when you were younger you thought like well, this was I, uh you honestly, know drugs John, as a whole, like, I
1: lived in a very sheltered bubble. So I uh, yeah. alcohol, sure. I was aware aware of, yeah. I probably couldn't even. I couldn't even. even I probably couldn't even. I didn't even have a concept of what LSD or mushrooms was at nineteen. To tell you the honest truth, it was like a like not even on the radar sort of thing. Like it just doesn't. It was like a non Yeah, yeah thing.
0: Gotcha. All right,
1: I think I think we're just about talked out here. How do you feel?
0: Yeah, well, uh, I feel that we've covered right. basically everything. Yeah, I just uh, – well, if you can just, like, close uh, on uh, on your view of psychedelics because I, I just – we just rambled on on what your view was before, uh, you know, before you actually tried them. Uh, how do you see Currently, psychedelics?
1: right now, in 2019, yeah. as yeah. – almost a 30 year old person um i think they have enormous potential to benefit your personal well-being whether mental physical uh, mm-hmm. emotional even spiritual even um there is definitely a potential to abuse if not used correctly in the correct set and setting meaning with good people around you um a good environment, right? Like not necessarily in a party environment. I wouldn't recommend it, especially for your first time. Um, and I would say start small, you know, like half tab, quarter tab, half a gram. Right. Um, the one thing that I really would like to move into later this year, hopefully towards my 30th birthday is DMT. Um, mm-hmm. but yet, yeah. I need to make sure that I am one hundred percent mentally, physically, and emotionally, spiritually ready for such a journey. Um
0: You wanna you wanna do a breakthrough off the back, I do, I do. And I break?
1: and I think I'm leaning towards doing the okay. ayahuasca route. I don't I don't think that I'm gonna have the experience smoking it that I want. Um
0: Yeah. It's hard to break through supposedly you know, uh, your first time or even first few times. You know, and uh, the, the
1: grammage it. required to do that and the amount that I want to do that is almost cost prohibitive. So I think doing it yeah. like orally with ayahuasca might, for me, myself personally, would be the way to go.
0: Um, yeah, I'm curious yeah. about ayahuasca also. I haven't done that. I've smoked it, but uh ayahuasca it's um it, it, supposedly the journey is quite different it's almost like cosmic interdimensional when you smoke it but it, it when you ingest it through ayahuasca it's almost like a, a earthy earthy uh i don't know who said that but it, it's really linked to the planet you feel that you're extremely linked to the planet um and and, and it has a lot more healing potential than uh, smoking it and a better um better chance of uh actually exploring yourself and developing more as a human being by taking ayahuasca than uh than smoke than uh sm- than smoking the dmt it's more a mind being mind blown right when you smoke it than anything else yeah well, that's cool. Well, I wish you good luck on that journey. Um, I don't know if you'll be taking it before me, uh, but whoever does it first, uh, we we should definitely talk about honestly, it. Honestly, John,
1: I think I plan to come down to Edmonton for my birthday. So, okay, yes, I uh, yes, I, man. I Honestly, I've been thinking about it and how I want to celebrate my birthday, and I I really don't want to be around a lot of people this year and and I don't yeah. want it to make yeah. it, I don't want it to be a, a drunk fest or blah 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 I want it to be my own yeah, my own my own way of celebrating and a way of getting to the next level in a sense and, and that's how I would gotcha. like to, to proceed with that
0: well that's cool I um I I'll be glad uh, you'll be more All than right. welcome here, man. And I know you got some uh, good friends uh, besides besides yours. Truly, this is true. So I think you're you're in a good spot, man. Yeah, it's uh plus. It's your um. You don't mind me saying your birthday, uh, sure, like how ahead. old you'll be. Thirtieth. Yeah. It's your big three O. Yeah, three decades. Three man. three decades. You know. Yeah, you want to start, you know, it's a it's a good um, omen, I guess, if you will, to to not get, you know, to celebrate your birthday a certain way with a certain intention. It's a good omen on how you'll spend the rest of your 30s, right? Yes,
1: sir. Things are coming down the pipeline.
0: That's cool, man. All right. Well. Speaking of which, it's been um, an hour and a half now. So uh, I guess we'll be signing off. So, um, well, and John, Bill Wei, uh, logging off. Yep, we'll be we'll be here next podcast in Cheers. a week or so. Cheers.